Good morning. Since we received no cease and desist orders from Late Night or any of the web shows, we are very pleased to say today that we are back to bring you some good news and some insight on The Redeemer Report. Firstly, while there's been a lot of things that have had to come to a halt during COVID-19, one of the things that has not been halted is love. And I have had the great privilege of officiating at the wedding of four different Redeemer Church couples over these past couple of months. Very happy to introduce you to the Gritches, the Mathesis, the Hickeys, and the Burks. If you've been throwing around your own coronavirus pandemic wedding, let me tell you, I'm available 24-7, and I'm happy to do it. In fact, I've been thinking about changing my name to Pastor Vegas. Thank you very much. A, a long string of people took our advice and participated in a celebratory drive-by for our very own Miss Julie Dollar. <laughs> Public service announcement to spouses and family members of a drive-by honoree Please make sure that they are not in the shower when it's time for the parade to start. Yesterday at Redeemer Church, we honored our moms with a socially distant parking lot picnic lunch. And while the food was good, what was even better was the two-hour nap. Because two hours alone is how mothers have been celebrating Mother's Day for generations. We were very pleased to hear that Andrea Hickey discovered a surprise cucumber in her garden this last week. If you planted a garden during this COVID time as well, I strongly suggest you go check for some surprises in yours, because I did, and I found a surprise humongous roll of toilet paper and a surprise feral child as well. And finally, for something active, I'm gonna turn it over to Mary Lee. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. We have a feeling that over the last seven weeks, you've been spending too much time on your couch watching Netflix and frequenting the pantry. Oh no. So today, we've decided we're gonna lose those quarantine 15 with some freezer signs. So to start us off this morning, we're gonna head over to Coach Cindy. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for a little outdoor praiser size. We're gonna do a familiar story from Matthew 14, 22. Let's just get our heart rates up. We'll just get a little moving going here. All right, in this story, you're with the disciples and you are going to get in a boat and head out across the lake. So our first move is to row the boat. Are you ready? Take our arms out and stretch and just do a simple row movement. That's right, come on everybody, row your boat. We're headed out across the lake. We gotta go find Jesus. Whew, I'm really busting a sweat. Now let's head over to Coach Tiffany. Good evening. Today we're gonna do a move that really targets the core and will help you trust in Jesus more. So grab your nets and we are gonna cast to the other side of the boat and cast and cast and cast and cast. Whew. What else you got for us, Coach Cindy? All right, everybody, low squats to the right. He's getting out of the boat. He's getting out of the boat. Oh yeah, he's getting out of the boat. Stay low, keep your form. Come on now, he's 
getting out of the boat. That's right. What? Uh-oh! He's sinking! Push on! He's sinking into the water! He's sinking! Okay, we're going to the girl push on. He's sinking into the water! But let's head to Coach Grayson and Coach Tate for their signature move. We are going to do slingshot type Worship the king. Lunges, everybody. Worship the king. That's right. We're worshiping the king. Oh, yeah. And this is how you get your praise exercise on. What a workout. We hope that you broke a sweat while praising Jesus in this morning's praise exercise. Now, you won't believe the treat that we have in store for you. We were able to land a killer interview, and we can't wait for you to see it. Over to you, Biblical Babble. Welcome back to Biblical Babble. I'm your host, Barbara Bell-Britton Whistle. <gasps> Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. And today on our show, we have the most amazing guest. We have Mary, Mother of Jesus. And welcome to Mary, Mother of Jesus. Oh, I'm actually Elizabeth, Mother of John the Baptist. Mary wishes she could have been here, but she's at home writing fan letters. So they sent me. Bummer. Uh, well, let me see. Most of these are irrelevant. Um, all right, well, tell me, uh, how did you feel when you first found out you were pregnant? Oh, well, that's actually kind of a funny story because you see, I was well past my use by date, oh, right, right. if you will. And so it kind of rendered my husband speechless, which was pretty amazing, actually. I'll say. All right, um, now what about your son, John the Baptist? Um, how did he make you proud? Well, he actually, I, I know a lot of people think that he's kind of odd with his itchy shirts and his eating of the locusts oh, and whatnot, no. but he actually did some really incredible things. Like, he baptized our Lord and Savior, so that's oh. pretty awesome. Oh, well, that is impressive. Now, would you say these uh, successes are partly due to your attentiveness as a mother? Um, well, I mean... Unlike my dear cousin, Mary, mm -hmm. I never lost John for three days in the temple, so Ooh. I'd say I kept a pretty close eye on him. Wow. All right, well, um, Mary, Mary, Mary. That's all we have for you today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and happy Mother's Day out there. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's about all we have time for today, but we want to invite you to tune in next week and to be a part of a Redeemer dance party for the Redeemer Report, where you and your whole family, choreographed or not, are busting moves and sending us videos of you guys dancing to MC Hammer's Can't Touch This. Can't touch this. More information to come on social soon. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. Pastor David here. Anybody uh, remember back to January of last year, 2019? It feels absolutely like an eternity ago. But here, when it was 
a year, a little under a year and a half ago at Redeemer, we did a series uh, called Slow Your Roll. And, uh, and if you were here and you remember it, uh, you might remember what it was about, too. It was about slowing down. It was recognizing that a lot of us really are living these extremely fast-paced, sometimes frenetic lives. And this gift that God gives us in the Sabbath, this, this ancient commandment that God gave us thousands of years ago to take a 24-hour period and to stop and to rest and to delight and to worship is actually something that all of us really deeply needed, especially right now. And I'm sure that if you were here, you heard those things and you took them to heart, and then you took it and applied what we talked about to your life. And ever since then, you've had this perfect, wonderful balance of rest and work, and everything's just come together perfectly, perfectly well, right? No, right? Not for me, I imagine, uh, not for many of you. Actually, I know that there were some wins out of that series. I know that I'm still doing some things. I know you guys shared some good things with me, but I also know that many of us still need to keep learning some of these lessons. It's something we have to refresh. And I also was reading an article about communication theory this last week, and it said that we under-communicate things by a magnitude of 10. So if you're asking your kids to help out with chores around the house and you tell them three times, you really need to tell them 300,000 times. Oh wait, that's not 10, but uh, that's kind of how it feels. But it kind of it illustrates the point. If we did a series on Sabbath and rest and it was a five-week series, it really needed to be a 50. Well, I'm, we're not going to do that, all right? But here's the, here's the thing I want to say. We have... Um, we have an opportunity here because our lives now, nobody is doing what they did three months ago. Uh, COVID has really brought things to a halt and maybe in a, in a way given us ears to hear something again, to let it apply to our lives in a way that, it, that, it, that we didn't let it before. And so we're, we want to just revisit some of this today and, and maybe, again, try to receive this gift of the Sabbath that God gives us. So as we continue today, Jesus changes everything. The message is titled, COVID forced us to stop, but Jesus offers us the gift of Sabbath. Would you pray with me? And then we're going to read a passage from uh, Mark chapter 2. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Uh, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you've made and you've given to us in it. We thank you for the rest we get, for the chance we get to, to play and delight, Lord. And I just, I just pray as we open up your word and we read this passage that the words of my mouth could help uh, communicate what's on your heart for us, Lord. And the meditations of all our hearts would be open enough to really hear what it is that, that you have to say to us right now in this moment. Lord, we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to read uh, Mark chapter 2, verses 23, and we'll make it through 28, but we'll break it up and work through it. So here we go. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? 
Okay, pause there. I want, just want to stop for a second. I just want to clarify what's happening here. So it is, it is the Sabbath, the day of rest that all of Israel is celebrating. And Jesus and his disciples are kind of walking just on a stroll, a leisurely stroll, and they walk past or going through some grain fields, and the, the grains uh, are, are ripe for harvest. They're good to eat, and so they're, they're kind of grabbing some off the top, and they're just kind of walking along snacking on this grain. And, uh, and it, it's actually um, at this point where I guess there are some Pharisees who had been watching them, observing this, and they come up to Jesus and they say, Look, you know, why are you guys doing what is unlawful against the law on the Sabbath? Okay, that, that's what we see. And just because this is a detail many of us probably don't know uh, and, and may not be familiar with, especially if we're new to the Bible, what the Pharisees say there is actually not true. Uh, it was not unlawful to snack, to eat some grain on the Sabbath. That, there was nothing wrong with that. There is no part of the Old Testament that says you are not allowed to snack on the Sabbath. And it's not like the Old Testament was anti-snacking and then Jesus in the New Testament frees us from the ceremonial law of, 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 to, to snack, right? That's not, that's not what's happening here. It was never part of the law. All that the law says about the, the Sabbath is very specifically, for six days you shall work, but on the seventh you shall rest. You shall set it apart as a day to the Lord your God. You rest and you play and you worship. That's what the Bible says. Specifically, the law is about, about the Sabbath, right? Now, the challenge with the broadness of that actual law, because it is very broad, is, is that actually the, the, the items of work and rest, these concepts are kind of ambiguous when you really think about them. Wouldn't you agree? Rest and work can be ambiguous because it's not really the same, experience the same for everyone, right? Uh, for some of us, to exercise is a lot of work. We don't enjoy that. It's not something we would consider rest, right? But for others of us, exercising is absolutely how we rest. It's the way that we de-stress after a hard day at work, right? Uh, another thing, what, what about um, cooking? Is that work? For some of us it is. For, for me, actually, coming home and cooking a meal is a great way to kind of relax after, after work. Um, what about keeping up with the kids? What about, uh, what about going out into your garage and building something, right? And if you've got a side hustle, is that work, right? But what if you enjoy it, right? Work is, is kind of a fuzzy boundary sometimes, and so is rest. Rest is actually different for us depending on who we are. Like for some of us, maybe today, rest might be going into our bedroom and closing the door and watching a chick flick, right? And at the end of it, we'll come out so smiley and happy. And then for others of us who are married to those people, that's the most laborious activity in existence, right? Uh, rest is different for people, for people too. And, and the point I, I'm making is there's an ambiguity here in work and rest. And actually, on one level, it's very good. It, it allows us to have the freedom to kind of answer these questions for ourselves, to think through my rest for me, work for me. But on, on the other side, there's actually a great danger in that ambiguity because we're pretty good at 
also kind of justifying our actions and rationalizing our work. And for people, especially like me, who love our work, who, who, who don't mind uh, working, it's very easy to overstep. We easily uh, get back into work on a day that God has set aside for us to rest. So the question that, that, that rises up is, how do we keep ourselves from overstepping? How do we stop ourselves from, from, from violating this and rationalizing the work that we really just want to do instead of just resting like God wants for us? And here is where the Pharisees enter. This is where all of their thoughts in the New Testament around Sabbath come in. And, and you got to remember this. We, we usually, in the New Testament, often look down at the Pharisees. Their intents are very good. They actually had really beautiful origins. All the Pharisees are doing is, is trying to answer this question, how do we honor God, a God on the Sabbath? How do we keep ourselves from overstepping? They deeply believed that, that the Sabbath rest was good for them, and so they wanted to obey God's command to take that rest. And so what they did is they said, God, we really want to follow you, and we're going to do our best to not, to not deceive ourselves. And so what we're going to do is take your law to, to honor the Sabbath, to keep it holy, and they did something called they built a fence around the law. They built a fence around the law. Let me try to explain the concept like this. Have you guys ever been to like a state or a national park with a, a beautiful waterfall or a cliff that you could look down into? I imagine many of us have. And, um, and if you think back to your experience and you look at that picture that's there on your screen, uh, you'll notice that oftentimes the government builds a fence in that place. So nobody falls down. And if you look closely and you think back to your experience, sometimes you'll remember that fence is, is not at the edge of the cliff. It's actually kind of set back a ways from the edge of the cliff. It is, it was in that picture, seven, eight feet. Sometimes it's 10 to 15 feet. Why, why do they do that? Well, uh, I remember as a kid going to many of these national parks with my brothers and we did a little bit of horsing around. It didn't matter where we were. We were always horsing around. Right? Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We love you, right? And, and we stressed Mom out because we would be on kind of, uh, you know, these, these very high places kind of doing some unwise things. And, uh, and, and if we were to be startled or to trip, right, and fall in, it could have been very dangerous. And the government knows that, Right? And so what, what they have done with these fences is they've set them back from the point of danger, and just in case somebody does something unwise or is startled or trips and they end up falling, they don't fall immediately into danger, but they actually fall in a place where they will still be safe. They don't overstep. This is the concept that the Pharisees were applying to God's law. And I wanted to Take a field trip to the other side of the sanctuary here and draw. But I think if you're a visual learner, this will help. Imagine this here as God's law, right? And it's good. This is life for us. This is where we want to be. It's good, right? And then this is all the behaviors, all the things that are not good outside of the boundaries of God's law, okay? So what the Pharisees did is they said, if we want to be in here, if we want to remain in here, live our lives where it's good for us in here, 
and we don't want to accidentally overstep, what we're going to do is we're going to back this up and we're going to start making some fences in here. We're going to make fences about the Sabbath. How, how many uh, steps you can walk, how many heads of grain you can pick. And, and they added one fence and another and another until there were literally hundreds of laws around uh, this concept of Sabbath, around all of, actually, all of what was supposed to happen according to God's law, where they defined everything from like what you could cook for dinner on a Sunday that was defined as the difference between rest and work to how long you could go on a walk where it suddenly became work, which if you're interested was actually for some uh, a quarter of a mile. Not too far, right? But uh, you guys get the idea. They, they backed it up so that if they overstepped, they were still within the boundary of God's law. And that actually all got codified and put into something uh, by the first century that was called the Mishnah, that was all of these laws together that they put over the top of God's actual law in the Bible. And just to make a long story short, Jesus was very pro-Bible, pro-Torah, pro-the-Old Testament law, right? But he was not pro-Mishnah. And that actually is what happens in our scripture. The Pharisees are coming to him with an element of the Mishnah, no snacking on the Sabbath, and Jesus is not down for it. And so he responds to them in verses 25, 26, and a little bit further. Let me, let me keep reading. Jesus answered, have you never read, by the way, pause, he's, that is extremely sarcastic from Jesus. Have you never read, he's speaking to teachers of the law, right here. Have you never read, right? Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. So what's Jesus doing there? He's actually offering a biblical justification for his actions. He's saying, you guys are supposed to know the Bible. Don't you know about when David actually did this thing that is even more significant than what I'm doing? And it it was actually okay. He is going toe-to-toe with Bible teachers with the Bible. It's a biblical citation. This is why I'm doing what what I'm doing. And so so he makes his explanation. And from there, he, he gives us a really important summary teaching about the law where he says this. Verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Okay, the part that I really want you to focus in on is is that first part, the, the summary part. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Can you actually repeat that with me? Say, The Sabbath was made for man, Not man for the Sabbath. Not man for the Sabbath. Great. You know, I think it's, it's actually really difficult. This is one of these times where the, the difference between what was happening in the Bible and that culture then is so vastly different 
from what was happening, what happens in our lives right here now. First century Israel, 21st century America. It just makes, it just makes the way that we hear this so different from one another. And really, as you can see, what first century Jews needed to hear was really the second part of this teaching. Not man for the Sabbath. The, the Sabbath was made for man. They really needed to hear not man being made for the Sabbath. Because what is, what is Jesus saying to them? What does he say over and over again, if you're familiar with the New Testament? He said, you've gotten this backwards. You're not seeing the intent of, of the Sabbath, right? You've got the tail wagging the dog. You've turned a life-giving law into a soul-sucking legalism. And that, that's what he's trying to hound forward on these Pharisees, okay? And that, that was them. But for us, honestly, I think in the 21st century in America— it's really the first part of the statement that, that, we, that we deeply need, that, 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 we, that, that speaks to us. The Sabbath was made for man. God's commandment was made for our good. It's a gift. It's, it's something that God did for us because we need it, right? That's what we need today. It's not that we're minding the Sabbath too much. Today, it's that we don't really mind the Sabbath much at all. It, it's not that we have hundreds of extra rules about how to keep the Sabbath today. It's that really we don't have any boundaries around it at all. Our problem today with the Sabbath isn't legalism. Today, it's a problem of liberalism, right? And that's not to slam anybody, okay? I'm swimming in the same cultural waters that you are. I violate this. I struggle with this too, right? But it's to say that we are living in the exact opposite cultural moment that they were at that time when Jesus first said this. So we have to hear what he's saying in a little different way. It's to say that when we live in a world where every fiber has been 24-7 go, right? Where there's 24-7 news cycles, traffic is always on the roads, notifications are always dinging on our phones, and then internally, when there's so much that we want to do and we're driven to do, trying to be productive to do, and, and we, we don't stop, and we won't stop, and we can't stop, right? Right? To quote a rap song, right? We don't even know how to stop, is I think what many of us have experienced. We don't know. We, we can't stop Un until, until what happened when a global pandemic swept across the world. That, that's what's the incredible thing about, about our lives now. In a way, coronavirus forced us to stop in a way that nothing else really could have, right? And there's a person from our Redeemer community uh, who posted her family calendar from April on Facebook. And um, she was just kind of reflecting on it. As you see there, there were only two potential things on her whole calendar for April, bingo and a, and a run. Both got canceled, she said. It's incredible. April had nothing on it. When in your adult life have you ever had a month like you had last month? Ever, right? It's just been, been otherworldly where for weeks, months now, you know, we have basically not had a, a full calendar running from 
thing to thing, right? We have kind of been held up in our homes, poking our heads out like groundhogs, right, for food and some fresh air, and now last week for haircuts, right? Um, but but it's, it's, just, it's just been so different. Um, and, and I know that, that actually this time has been experienced differently by different people. I know some of us really don't know what to do with our time. I know some of us are actually feeling busier than we were before. I, I know that um, for some of us, it's been incredibly um, challenging and rough, and, and, and we, we are, it's just, it's just not been a positive experience, right? But, but what I also know is that there's been some silver linings for all of us. And, and one of the silver linings that I personally have experienced for me during Corona has, has actually been healing rest. Healing rest. True life giving rest. And it, it's made me realize that that is actually what God's intended for us in the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It was made for this healing rest. You know, um, y'all, I, I don't mean to downplay this. I still have plenty going on. Uh, our days have been full. My to-do list is still large and things undone on it. Um, I also know the balance of things has been virtually impossible as we've had work and if we have kids, school and, and all the other aspects of our life slammed into our houses, right? But I, 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 I also just want to say uh, I've had this incredible space where through all of it, I've experienced healing rest. Something has happened where I'm experiencing uh, deeper breaths. I'm breathing deeper. I'm noticing small things around me in a way I haven't been. I'm enjoying the beauty of the world around me. Um, I'm more present in the present moment, and, and it's beautiful. And, and I hope at least some of you are experiencing it too. One of the things that Shannon and I did when we were living in Ukraine is every Sunday we would go out for a walk. It was almost like a national pastime. Sunday afternoon in Ukraine, they shut down the center of the city and people would go out walking. And since COVID, we kind of resurrected the family walk, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening, sometimes both. And it's just been so good to start the day a little slower to to kind of, you know, just get some fresh air to look around. It's, it's been great. Part of what we've really enjoyed in slowing down has been deeply precious time as a, as a family. Um, and I had recently told Shannon a few months ago multiple times how if we could take our life right now and hit the pause button with the kids at the ages that they're at, you know, and just the joy we would. Like, I would. I would I would pause it. I want my little girl no older than four, right? And, um, and, uh, and, you know, that's, in a sense, kind of what was gifted to us these last few months. Um, true, when I pictured, like, the perfect family time away, it didn't include homework uh, in my house. It didn't include, like, you know, still having to work at all. It also happened in New Zealand, right? But, um, but it's still been just this deeply precious time, you know, for us from family dinners, like almost every night, to getting to be a part of school and teaching the kids, 
to doing yoga with Coach Hayes, shout out to Coach Hayes, to digital tea parties, right, with friends, to watching things grow in the garden, to every day eating mulberries on a tree together. It's just been so nice. And you know, this, this time has actually been healing for Shannon and I too, right? One of the things that I think is stressed under busyness for everyone is marriage. Um, and, and what we've been able to do is on these walks talk. Uh, some of you guys are joining us for this study, Love and Respect, that we've been doing. I shared this in my own Jesus Changes Everything video, but we've got a lot of complexity to our relationship, working together um, as well. And, and, and it, it, we, we've actually had the time to open up this book and read through it and have the discussions we need to, and, and me to hear her. Um, and, and it's just been so, it's, it's been healing for our marriage. I know we're healthier now than we were. And, and y'all, I just step back and I say, this is absolutely what God intends for us to experience every week in the gift of a Sabbath, healing rest. Every week, it's, it's this 24-hour period that God offers us as a gift that we just have to open and, and while I am so ready for coronavirus to be done on so many levels, let me assure you, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to, to totally let go of what we've been given in this time. I don't want to just jump back in. I, I want to, to make sure that we build forward with the healing rest. And so I, I, I'm praying a prayer. Let me just share it with you guys. Maybe you can pray it with me. Um, a couple weeks ago, Shannon took a walk with the kids uh, around one of the lakes that we have in the neighborhood. And uh, they were all on bikes, all four of them. Uh, the boys were somewhere. Jordan was just up ahead of Shannon by, I don't know, 10, 20 feet. And she was just enjoying the stroll. Everybody was. And, and Shannon looks up, and suddenly Jordan, on this bike with training wheels, veers 90 degrees to the right and starts heading straight down the hill for the lake. And so she makes it all the way down, yelling the whole way, falls in, flips over the handlebars into the lake. The bike goes in. Shannon runs and gets her. Uh, Jer helps, too. They get the bike. Jordan's fine. She was a little scared. She recovered. Um, it actually was hilarious. That's the image of her being done. But the thing that I love about this story the most, that um, Shannon didn't share on her Facebook post because we found out about it later is why she fell into the water, what was happening. We later went up and said, hey, Jordan, what happened that you suddenly turned to the right? Well, she said, I had my eyes closed. <laughs> she, was, she was riding the bike with, with her eyes closed. And I'd been seeing her do this because she had these training wheels. Right? She felt this false insecurity. She'd put her hands out and she'd close her eyes and she'd ride her bike, right? And um, <clears throat> while I would never suggest that you ride your bike that way, uh, <clears throat> you know what I do kind of think this is a really good picture of? It's the Sabbath. It's what the Sabbath intends. The Sabbath is when we open our arms and we feel the wind in our face. That's what God wants to give us every single week when we're resting and we have enough margin to do this. 
right? When we release and we let go some worry, when we say God is enough one day a week, I'm just going to enjoy the world and the life around me. It, it, the Sabbath is your arms out and the wind in your face, right? And, and as life starts to get back to normal, um, and, and it will, at some point, your calendar is going to start to get stuff back on it. Um, I think a lot of us are going to be really tempted just to do what we did, to catch up on everything we missed, um, to pick things back up. All the cultural currents of our world will be pushing us to do just that. But before you do that, why don't you just pray, God, help me remember healing rest, right? Help me remember I don't have to do all the things, just the most important things. Help me remember I don't have to do everything I did before, Lord. Help me to know, God, that you clothe me and love me more than the flowers of the field. Help me to remember that every week you give me a gift and, I, and you want me to stretch out my arms and feel the wind on my face, right? And I think, I think if we can rebuild in that way, y'all, Jesus changes everything. Praying that for you, praying that for me. Why don't we go to God in prayer right now? Lord Jesus, I just, I just want to give you thanks for your grace and your mercy and that even in this thing that nobody asked for or wants, Lord, that if our hearts are open and our minds are ready, that you can and you do give us the grace of, of rest, Lord. And I pray that um, we could hear that. I pray that we could open our hearts to it. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us exactly in the way that we need to hear you speak. And as we open up our calendars and whatever happens into the future, Lord, we open our hearts to you. And we'd invite you into that, Lord. These things I pray, we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.